I want to talk to you today about a question that eventually every one of us is going to run into. You likely have already encountered this question in one form or another. Uh, especially the younger you are, the more likely you are to hear this question and to hear it fairly often. But even if you're a senior adult or somewhere in between, you probably have to deal with this question. You may run into it when the guy at the office says, you have your way to God and I have mine. Or perhaps you run into this question when the doctor says, you know, Christianity offers one way to achieve inner peace, but Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, Islam offers other ways to experience the same thing. Or maybe you run into this question when your college roommate says, I choose my own path and, and just kind of blend several religions together. Or perhaps you run into this question when your best friend says, I, you know, I've decided I want to explore other faiths. Eventually, we're all going to run into this question if we haven't already, and the question that we're all going to get is this one. Don't all religions lead to the same God? More and more, people are saying, yes, there are many paths to God. You take your path up the mountain, I take my path up to the mountain, and we eventually we get to the same spot, eventually we we get to God. Your path might be different from my path, but we're all heading up the mountain. We're all trying to get to the same place, and eventually we'll all make it to God. That idea has become more and more popular in recent years in the United States. According to one study by the Pew Forum on Religion and Public Life, 70% of Americans believe that many religions lead to eternal life. 70% of Americans. Now, 65% of self-identifying Christians believe that there are many paths to God. And then the most surprising part was that 56% of evangelical Christians, that would be us, people like you and me, we go to church every Sunday, we read our Bible, we believe in the Lord, 56% of people like us, evangelical Christians, 56% believe that there are many paths other than faith in Christ to get to God. To say that another way, only 44% of evangelical Christians now believe that a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is essential to eternal life. Increasing numbers of Americans and Christians and even evangelicals are, are questioning the long-held belief that salvation is found only in Jesus Christ. In fact, clearly in recent years, large numbers of Christians have become troubled by, if not altogether ignoring, what Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. That has become a troubling verse for a lot of Christians. <clears throat> so they've many times just ignore it. So today I want to look at that verse. Today I want to look at what Jesus said, and more importantly, I want to look at why why he said it. And I want to start not in John 14, but the chapter before that, John 13. If you'd open your Bibles, we're <clears throat> in a series this summer on the seven I am statements of Jesus. And today we come to the sixth I am statement <clears throat> that Jesus made, the most controversial statement by far, and the one that has caused great concern for people all around the world. Let's get the context. Chapter 13, this is the last week of our Lord's life on planet earth. 
just days before his arrest, days before his, his crucifixion and his resurrection. His time is short. And so he says to his disciples in chapter 13, verse 33, My children, I will be with you only a little longer. <clears throat> Dennis, would you mind going back there and getting a cup and get me some water, please? Uh, in Lisa's room where you got the candy a few minutes ago. <laughs> I'm sorry to distract you, but suddenly I'm, I'm quickly losing my voice. Uh, verse 33, My children, I'll be with you only a little longer. You'll look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. And then verse 36, Simon Peter is concerned about this. Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? But Peter's thinking, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where you're going, we can't come? I mean, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. That's good. Thank you. <clears throat> That's very helpful, thank you. Verse 36, Jesus replied, where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. And Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? I tell you the truth, before the rooster crows, you will disown me. Three times, not just once. Three times. And so this was very troubling to all the disciples. It was troubling on a couple of levels. It was troubling because he says, I'm leaving. It's troubling because he says, you can't go with me. Then it's troubling because their leader, Peter, is going to deny him, according to Jesus. So they've heard a lot of stuff. And in fact, before even all of that, he predicted that one of them would betray him, Judas. And so this was a night of shock. This was a night of sadness. This was a night of unbelievable information trying to process all that he is telling them. That's why he says in chapter 14, verse 1, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms, and if it were not so, I would have told you. And I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me, so that you may also be where I am. Now in verse 4, I, this is just my interpretation, this is just my suggestion, my opinion. But in verse 4, when he says verse 4, I think he said verse 4 maybe with a little grin on his, on his face. Because they're wanting to know, where are you going? And he says, you know the way to the place where I'm going. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And then Thomas. I like Thomas. My first name is Thomas. I've always identified with Thomas. And I, I like Thomas because he, he's not going to pretend like he knows what's going on. Have you ever been in a, in a crowd, in a, in a situation, in a meeting, and somebody's talking, everybody else seems to be getting it, but you're not getting it, but you're acting like you're getting it? Yeah. But that's not Thomas. Thomas is not going to pretend he knows what's going on. So this is what Thomas says in verse 5. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And then Jesus didn't just give an answer. He gave the mother of all politically incorrect statements. In verse 6, Jesus declared, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except 
through me. Would you, would you say with me, no one? <clears throat> yeah, yeah but, but what about my grandmother who is, and the answer is, yeah, 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 but what about all of those people over there in that other country? And, they, and the answer is, yeah, but what about, you know, what about me? And the answer is, no one. Now, I probably would agree with you, if you think this is the most outrageous, astounding statement that Jesus ever made, I probably would agree with you. Probably the most outrageous, I can't think of a more outrageous statement than this one. This one line is why Christianity is opposed opposed all over the world. This one statement is why the followers of Jesus are labeled as intolerant and bigoted. This one statement is why in some places like China and India and Iraq, Christians become martyrs because we have the audacity to say no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. What is it about this one verse that causes such a strong reaction? Well, here's what it is. Listen carefully. Prepare to be offended. Here's the reason why there's such a strong reaction to this statement. When we as Christians say that Jesus is the only way to God, we are also saying that all the other religions of the world are wrong. Now think about this. According to the Pew Forum on Religious Life, there are approximately 7.4 billion people on planet Earth today. Of those 7.4 billion people, only 2.2 billion are Christians, which means 5.2 billion people on the face of Earth believe either in no God or in gods other than the Christian God. And are we to believe that only Christians have it right? Are we to say, do we have the audacity to say 5.2 billion people are wrong and Christians are right? That's why many people consider it arrogant, narrow-minded, and bigoted for Christians to contend that Jesus is the one and only way to God. But let me remind you of something very, very important. Arrogant Christians never said that. Jesus said that. Jesus said that. This is something Jesus said about himself. Jesus made a claim that if true, really does mean that all the other religions of the world are wrong. Now, we live in a world where that's a hard pill to swallow. I get that. I understand that. In fact, some of you here today, you may even be thinking, I'm going to send him an email just as soon as I get home. I'm going to send him an email. And that's okay. I get it. I, know the, I understand the pushback, and I'll be happy to have the conversation. I, I understand. I understand. We live in a world where it's, that's a very hard pill to swallow, and it's a hard pill to swallow for three reasons. Number one, because we know some people of other faiths, other religions, and they're good moral people. Right? I mean, for some of you, they're, they're your neighbors, and, and they've got a strong family. They're, they've got strong families. They, they do good work in the community. They're nice people. They're good co-workers. And how could we say that somebody so nice and so good is wrong? In fact, they're nicer than a lot of the Baptists that you know, right? They've got a stronger family than some people you know in, in our church family. So how can we say, how could we entertain the idea that 
that we're right and, and they're wrong. The idea that there are multiple paths to God begins to kind of begins to kind of make sense, doesn't it? Because, I mean, look at these good people that we know of other faiths. So we begin to entertain the idea, maybe there are other paths to the top of the mountain. The second reason this is a hard pill to swallow is because it puts a responsibility on us to tell them the truth. I mean, if we say Jesus is right and all the other religions of the world are wrong, then all of a sudden things get very uncomfortable with those people that we know who are of the other faiths, other religions. If we, if we say that Jesus is the only way to God, but, but yet those people who live next door to us, or those people maybe who are even in our family, if they're of another faith, if they believe in some other way, if they're trying to make their own whatever, all of a sudden we have a responsibility we didn't have before. All of a sudden we have a responsibility and it's uncomfortable because we don't know what to say to these people. We don't know how to approach them. Which brings us to the third reason that it's, this is a hard pill to swallow to say that Jesus is the only way and all the other religions of the world are, are wrong. There's a third reason that's a hard pill to swallow. That's because we have embraced a form of universalism. You know what universalism is? Universalism is the belief that everyone will be embraced by God and experience eternal life. That somehow, some way, we're all going to make it to the top of the mountain. That somehow, some, some way, we're all going to be okay. That's universalism. That everybody's going to eventually make it and be there and be okay. I love what Dr. Dennis Hollinger said from Gordon-Conwell Seminary about this. Listen to what he said, and I quote. He said, The growing number of Christians who are troubled by Jesus' claim to be the only way to salvation indicates how much the world has come to live in us as we attempt to live in the world. That's a powerful statement. Jesus said, I didn't say this. Arrogant Christians didn't say this. Bigoted Christians didn't say this. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except through me. Now our tolerant culture insists that can't possibly be right. Our tolerant culture insists there have to be other ways to God. So how are we going to respond to this? I'm going to give you three responses. I want you to take notes real quickly. Three responses on what we, do, we are to say to this dilemma that we're facing. So here's the first one. <clears throat> Our first response would be this. Jesus thought himself to be unique and the only way to a personal relationship with God. Jesus himself thought himself to be unique and the only way to a personal relationship with God. Jesus did not say that he is a way and some truth and some life. There is that definite article between each of these statements. These things cannot be said about anybody else. In all of the world, in all of history, nobody else could, could we say this about. Because that, that definite article sets him apart, doesn't it? That definite article makes him unique. He says, I am the way. I am the life. I am the only way to God. You see, what Jesus was saying was this, there are not many ways to God, I am the way to God. He was saying, all religions are not the same, no one comes to the Father except by me. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one, no one 
No one comes to the Father except by me. So I would say to you today, and and I hope that you would agree with this, I would say to you today that Jesus is not just one way among many to God. He's not just a good way to God. He's not just a relatively better way to God. He's not even the best of all ways to God. But Jesus Christ is the only way to God. So, when he said this statement, I want you to understand something. He wasn't trying to put anybody down. When he said, I am the way, he wasn't trying to put down other religions. When he said, I am the way, he wasn't being intolerant. He was simply sharing good news. There is a way to deal with your sin. There is a way to find forgiveness. There is a way to know God personally. There is a way to go to heaven. And Jesus said, that way is me. I am that way. Jesus thought that if you want to be reconciled with the holy God, if you want to cross that chasm between you, a a sinful man or a sinful woman, and a holy God, if you want to cross that chasm that separates you from God, Jesus said, I am the bridge to help you get there. See, He is the source of all life. He is the essence of all truth. He is the only way to the Father. So my first response would be, Jesus thought that He was unique, and the only way to God. And we'll come back to that in a moment. Here's the second response. Jesus' early followers thought that He was the only way to God. That is, the, the very first Christians, the early followers of Jesus, they too thought that He was the only way to God. In fact, I want to show you one of the very first sermons ever preached. And it's found, put your finger there in John, go over one book to, to the right, and go to the book of Acts chapter 4. Verse 12. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Let's start in verse 10. Then know this, that you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. And now look at verse 12. Salvation is found, and here's that phrase again, in no one else. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. So in the early days of the church, the earliest followers of Jesus, when they went out to preach the gospel, they went out to preach the good news, this was the message they were preaching. Salvation is found in no one else. Now you understand, don't you, where they were preaching this? They were preaching this in Jerusalem. They were preaching this in the shadow of the temple. Talk about being intolerant. Talk about being insensitive. Talk about being narrow-minded. They had the audacity to stand in Jerusalem in the shadow of the temple and say salvation is found in no one else except Jesus Christ. Salvation is only found in Him. It's not found in the temple. It's not found in Judaism. Salvation is found in no one else except through Jesus Christ. That was the message of the early church. But then years later, as churches began to spread outside of Jerusalem and started to spread around the world, years and years and years later, guess what they were still saying? I want to show you this in 1 Timothy chapter 2. First Timothy 
chapter 2. Verse 5 and 6. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men. Years and years later, as the church spread around the world, years and years later, as the Apostle Paul was writing this, this letter to a young man named Timothy, he said, Timothy, I just want to make sure you get this. I want to make sure you understand this. There is one God. And Timothy, though others may want to tell you different, there is one mediator between God and man, and it is Christ Jesus. Timothy, don't let anybody persuade you otherwise. Don't let anybody push you over and think that there's other ways and other methods and other people. Timothy, there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, and that mediator is Jesus Christ and Him alone. And so that's my second response. Here's the third response. When this is a hard pill to swallow, how how do we respond to people who say there are many paths up the mountain, there are many paths to God, Jesus can't possibly be the only way? How how do we respond to that? My third response would be this. All truth is by definition exclusive. All truth is by definition exclusive. Exclusive. You see, some of you are sitting there thinking, Pastor, I, I get what you're saying, but, but I think God's great enough to have multiple ways. I think God's big enough. I think God's love is wide enough to have multiple ways to Him. What you are saying is just too exclusive and it's too narrow. But do you understand that that's the nature of truth? Truth is exclusive. Truth is narrow. Ravi Zacharias said it better than anybody when he said, if truth does not exclude, then no assertion of a truth claim is made. It's just an opinion that is being stated. Anytime you make a truth claim, you mean something contrary to it is false. Truth excludes the opposite. Now listen, you've known this since you're in middle school. Remember in middle school they used to give you these true-false tests? I loved those. I had a 50% chance of getting them, you know? It was my favorite test. was a true-false test. Multiple choice was too many choices. True-false, I got 50% chance. But you understand, don't you, that if it's a true-false statement, it's either true or it's false. It can't be both. Now, I know I'm talking to some teachers here, but and this is not new information for you. But the rest of us, we need to be reminded that when we took those tests in middle school, It's either true or it's false. For example, the Declaration of Independence was signed on July the 4th, 1776. True or false? Let me say that again. Maybe I did not enunciate clearly. The Declaration of Independence was signed on July the 4th, 1776. Is that true or false? What? You just blew my whole sermon. (laughs) I'm going to have to go back and check this one. All right. (laughs) Please talk to me afterwards. Explain to me this. Uh, Okay. Let me me try another one. (laughs) I've got a backup. Every good preacher has a backup. Ben Franklin was our third U.S. president. True or false? Thank you. 
You bunch of bigoted, narrow-minded people. What if I want him to be the third president? Yeah, good luck with that. You see, it's either true or it's false. By nature, that's the way truth works. Truth is exclusive. By the way, if you're not sure who the third U.S. president was, ask our youth minister. Jeff Randolph. His great, 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 great grandfather was our third U.S. president, Thomas Jefferson. You didn't know we had nobility on staff, did you? <laughs> That's the way truth works. Truth is always dogmatic, or it's not true. Truth is always intolerant of non truth, otherwise, it wouldn't be truth. So Jesus, when He said in verse 6, I am the way and the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except by Me. He wasn't being arrogant. He wasn't being narrow-minded. He was simply telling you the truth. Can I suggest to you, we don't need multiple ways to God. We just need a way to get there. And the beauty of John 14, 6 is this. It's clear. It is so clear that everyone has a chance at heaven. The beauty of John 14, 6 is that it's, it's not narrow, it is wide enough for anyone to have a relationship with God. The Bible says it like this, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's not narrow, it's not bigoted, it's just true. You see, you need to understand this, Christianity does not compete with other religions. Jesus offers us something utterly unique. It's not like our religion is better than your religion, our Jesus is better than your prophet. No, 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 no. No, it's not Christianity competing with, anything, with anyone. Jesus doesn't compete with other religions. What Jesus offers is utterly unique. What Jesus offers, no other religion could offer. Jesus offers us a way to have a relationship with God, a personal relationship with, John, with, with God. John Phillips said it this way. He said, Jesus answered the three greatest questions of the human heart. First of all, question number one, how can I be saved? Jesus said, I'm the way. How can I be sure? Jesus said, I'm the truth. How can I be satisfied? Jesus said, I'm the life. Jesus is the source of all that we need. So here's what's at stake. You can hear that bold statement that he made and conclude it's intolerant, it's exclusive, and it is arrogant. But I would say to you, it's just the opposite. It is the most loving act in human history that the Son of God would come for you, secure what you need most, and then point you the way to how you can have it. So the question is, what will you do with Jesus? Because here's what I want you to understand. There are many religions but there is only one Savior. God did not send His Son to the earth to die a painful death on the cross to provide us with an option. Jesus is the only possible solution to our sin problem. This past Friday night, a 29-year-old man who is an employee in Seattle-Tacoma International Airport snuck his way onto a 76-passenger dual-prop airplane. 
far as we know, he'd never flown a plane before, but he somehow started it up. He taxied his way unknowingly to everyone else. He taxied his way out to the runway. And again, not understanding how he did this, he took off in a plane he had never flown. Not only did he, did he successfully take off in this 76-passenger dual-prop airplane, but he flew it for over an hour. He actually performed stunts. Again, I'm not sure how he did it. He said to the control tower, and it's kind of eerie, you can listen to it on, on the internet, he said to the control tower, I'm planning on doing a barrel roll, and then if that's successful, then I'll just put it nose first and call it a night. See, the reason he stole the plane was not a joyride. The reason he stole the plane was to commit suicide. He just decided he'd go out big. But before he went into that barrel roll and before he went into that fatal nosedive, he made a final comment, and I quote, he said, I've got a lot of people that care about me. It's going to disappoint them to hear that I did this. I'd like to apologize to each and every one of them. Just a broken guy. Got a few screws loose, I guess. Just a broken guy. I wish somebody could have gotten to him to say, you know what? We're all broken people. We're all broken by sin. And maybe you're just a broken guy. Maybe you're just a broken lady. But we're all broken by sin. But Jesus Christ can heal even the most broken among us. There is no sin that He cannot forgive. There is no problem that is beyond His power if we'll turn to Him by faith and repentance. So when He said, I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life and no one comes to the Father except by Me, He was simply inviting you. Inviting you to come and experience what only He can provide. A lot of religions in the world. But there's only one Savior. His name is Jesus. Would you pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I am grateful for who You are. And I pray that if there's anybody here, and I know probably a lot of us are Christians, but Lord, I believe that there are probably at least one or two, maybe more than that, that they've, their heart's been stirred. The, your Spirit is speaking to them right now, and they're perhaps even a little nervous. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would be honored and glorified in their life as they declare, Lord Jesus, I believe. Lord Jesus, I give you my life. Lord Jesus, I surrender and I ask for your forgiveness. Pray somebody makes that heart commitment, that prayer of faith, as they declare that you are the way, the truth, and the life. In Jesus' name I pray.